0: That you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and I thought what we would do for the next several episodes is talk about the apostles. I personally find that a study of the 12 men chosen by the Lord to be his apostles, along with Matthias and Paul, always serves to lift my heart and encourage my spirit. In Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16, we find, And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray, and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles, Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called Zealots, and Judas the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which also was the betrayer. After spending the night in prayer, Jesus made the choice of these twelve men to serve as his specially chosen messengers. As the gospel accounts unfold, we find that, generally speaking, These were men who had not enjoyed the benefits of higher education. We find them manifesting many of the popular Jewish prejudices and superstitions of the time. There were times when they displayed a carnal ambition, a desire to hold positions of preeminence and prestige. In Mark 9, verses 33 through 35, we find one such instance. We are told there, And when he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that you disputed among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve, and saith unto them, If any man desires to be first, the same shall be last of all, and servant of all. This would continue to be a problem for less than twenty-four hours before Jesus died on the cross. These men who had walked with him for three years argued among themselves who would be the greatest. That would be in Luke chapter 22 and verse 24. They were often slow to understand things that Jesus repeatedly taught them. One that would have been most frustrating to me was their continued failure to grasp what the Lord meant when he told them what was going to happen to him. At various times, Jesus told the twelve that he would be betrayed into the hands of the chief priests and the scribes and be condemned to death. He told them that he, that he would be delivered into the hands of the Gentiles, who would mock him, scourge him, and finally crucify him. He told them that after three days he would rise again. Yet Luke chapter 18 verse 34 tells us, And they understood none of these things, and this saying was hid from them, neither knew they the things which were spoken. There have been times when I've wondered why Jesus put up with these men and their obvious failings. Why didn't he replace them with men of greater education and more sophistication who would seemingly be able to handle more immediately the nuances of his teaching? But then I remember First Samuel 16 and verse 7, where a basic difference between God and man is pointed out. That passage says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Jesus knew these men. He knew their hearts. They would come to the point where they believed so completely in Jesus and committed themselves to him so entirely that they would learn any lesson, endure any hardship, and even die for him if necessary. These men give me hope because they weren't perfect either however because of their association with jesus and his effect upon them they would grow to be men whose work has changed the world the work that i can do for the lord may not be of the magnitude of these men but i can sure help to change my little corner a little bit let's talk some about the apostle andrew Andrew was a man whose life before meeting Jesus can best be described as simple. By combining Mark chapter 1 verses 29 and 30 with John chapter 1 and verse 44, we learn that Andrew was the brother of Simon Peter and that he lived in a house in the city of Capernaum with Peter, Peter's wife and mother-in-law. Capernaum was the city located on the northwestern shore of the Sea of Galilee and that body of water played a major role in Andrew's life. Andrew was a fisherman along with his brother, Peter, and in partnership with James, John, and their father, Zebedee. To put it simply, he was a working man, just like most of us. It encourages me to see God use that normal man to perform some very extraordinary things. No one is insignificant in the sight of God. John one thirty five 35 35-42 gives us some valuable insight into the character and the priorities of Andrew. The passage tells us, Again the next day after John stood, and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and said unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? He said unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted to Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. We can easily see Andrew's concern about spiritual things. He appears to have been a man with balance in his life. He did not neglect his responsibility to work for a living, but at the same time he did not neglect the most important aspect of any life, the spiritual. He was a disciple of John, one who took the time to learn and to follow the teachings of that great man. I think this demonstrates his commitment. And then when he heard John identify Jesus as the Lamb of God and spent the day with the Lord, Andrew was willing to commit to Jesus being convinced that he was the Messiah. Do not mistake this seemingly rapid change as an indication that Andrew lacked depth or was wishy-washy, What this shows is a depth of perception on his part. This normal working man grasped in a very short time what many brilliant scholars over the years have failed to understand or believe. It is important to note as well that Andrew was a seeker of truth. He had previously been in the wilderness with John, seeking God's word from that great prophet. Andrew actively sought the companionship and teaching of the Lord when John pointed him in that direction. As far as I can tell, Andrew gives us the first example of the fervent evangelistic zeal that overwhelms the heart of someone when he or she first finds Jesus. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted, the Christ. That, to me, kind of sums up Andrew's life. There is a tradition that Andrew died as a martyr in the town of Patra, crucified on an X-shaped cross, but really no one knows for certain. What is important is what we learn of this apostle of the Lord, this fisherman who became a father, a fisher of men. We look forward to this continued study on the apostles in additional episodes. Thanks for listening.